Hey everyone, uh, my name is Matt Phelan. This is the latest episode of Happiness and Humans, and I am here with two of the most amazing human beings I know, uh, Tony Latter and Matt Stannard. How are you, gentlemen? Good, thanks, Matt. Yeah, really good, thanks, Matt. Um, guys, um, I'm going to let you introduce yourselves. Um, let's go you first, Tony Latter. Yeah, hi. Um, so yeah, I'm Tony Latter. I'm one of the co-founders at the Happiness Index. And uh, my kind of day-to-day role at the Happiness Index is working with uh, the other Matt on the call uh, here today, uh, leading up our innovation and our engine team. And I also head up our global partnerships as well. Thanks, Tony. Mr. Matt Stannart. Hi, Matt. Um, hi, everyone. Really uh, pleased to be here. Um, my name is Matt Stannard and I am the head of robots, probably the coolest job title in the world because um, people think you have a robotic army. Um, <laughs> I sort of do, maybe in my cupboard, but I keep that one quiet. Uh, my role really is to promote uh, technology, the use of technology and happiness and look after our product. Brilliant. Um, and as usual, just to get to know you guys, um, Tony, what makes you happy? Yeah, um, so I think the main thing that makes me happy is uh, my family, which I'm, I'm sure you hear a lot when you ask that question. Uh, Elizabeth and my two boys, James and Josh, um, we have a lot of fun together. They always kind of keep you grounded uh, and they're a really good uh, way of uh, just having lots of fun. Um, and particularly kind of the last couple of weeks, I've been away off on holiday. So coming back and playing with Lego and train sets and cars and they're seven and four. So they're a perfect age. Um, And then outside of kind of family life, it's just about being part of something, feeling like you're part of something bigger and having that sense of purpose. So for me, a big part of that is the vision of the happiness index, which is around freedom to be human. So that's something that I, I try and kind of take with me about how can we promote uh, that sense of kind of uh, community and togetherness and how do we get everybody to be able to have a voice? How do we make sure that people can be true to themselves and not have to adapt who they are? And then also just trying to help where people can be treated as humans and not necessarily just like as a number or uh, as an employee. So that's something I'm really passionate about and helping organisations with that is something that makes me happy. Thanks, Tony. Uh, Mr. Matthew Stannard. Cool. So I think um, I think probably know this one, but um, my family, uh, like Tony, really blessed to have a great family. Um, my friends, really important part of my life. Um, friends uh, are there for you, there for you through thick and thin. And um, getting to meet and work with amazing people like yourself, of course. And then the last oh. thing, Ipswich Town. Although I'm not really sure that they necessarily make me happy all of the time, um, but I definitely say it's something that makes me happy when they uh, when they're doing well and not well. <laughs> we'll have to start tracking that. And then just <laughs> Matt Stanard's the only person I know who can pull off wearing an Ipswich Town shirt whilst we're going to big business meetings in China. But that's a story for another day. Um, Matt, um, it's quite a right, wide ranging questions for you here, but. Gemma and Chris um, on a previous podcast talked about how we we came up with a philosophy of happiness at work, but but you actually built the V one of the happiness index back in our um, in our previous business four Ps. How did you go about building V one of the happiness index? <laughs> so um, I was started to draft this out as an answer, and I and I immediately wanted to say, can I write down or can I say badly? Um, but no, in all fairness. I think we wanted to keep things really simple. So we 
essentially built a, a web page uh, with a slider on it and a, and a big number so people could really easily see what the score was. Um, and then we connected it to email. So it's really easy to email people out and uh, ask for their feedback. And the advantage of doing that was also we could see who had responded and prompt those who hadn't. So, yeah, a simple web app with a bit of email and, and off we go. And I think the real key to, to it all at that stage was just keeping it simple and light touch because no one really likes getting um, something through which takes them hours or time to fill in. Just quick, sharp, easy feedback. Thanks, Matt. Um, Tony, so as we've heard, there's a philosophy built on happiness. Uh, Matt's dance built the product, but I called you when we thought there's a there's a there's a commercial business here, um, and we needed someone to co-found it, get it running. Um, I called you to, to take us take us take us from that phone call onwards to to turning the happiness into index into the happiness index as a company. It was something that when we had that phone call, Matt, it was a bit out of the blue. And I can remember where I was. I was driving my car and I was on my way to a meeting. And I remember the meeting afterwards was the worst meeting that I'd ever had in my life. Because <laughs> I just couldn't focus on it. I was just too excited um, about the, the concept, the prospect and, and so on. So... It kind of started with a conversation with my wife first around um, actually is this something that as a family could we like I wanted to do it and I wanted to speak with her first because I'd always wanted to run a business but I also knew that we had a child uh, we got a mortgage there's kind of bills to pay but she gave me her complete support and from that moment on really I like I was in, we had conversations that followed that initial call. I remember meeting in Victoria, um, the little wonder calf, uh, near, in Holloway road as well. And, um, as we just got talking more around it, it just became something that was really important. I think to, to both of us and having that, um, that opportunity, I think to kind of really make a difference, as I mentioned before about things that kind of, what makes me happy and having that sense of purpose. And I, I kind of felt that with this immediately. And it started off with, uh, with just me and uh, yourself and Chris were supporting as best as you could, but obviously you had things uh, going on with four P's at the time. And so it was myself. And then just as we started to win some clients, then Pat came in and as kind of the business kept growing, we kept growing organically and bringing some more people in. And it's just been a phenomenal little story. And I think, the success and all of the hard work that everyone's put in has meant that we're now in a position where what over the last kind of five years or so, we're now in a position where we're in over 90 countries worldwide in over 30 different languages, our largest clients, 450,000 employees. And to think that that all started off with uh, a few meetings between us, just having the, a conversation and seeing how we could take something that was a great idea and turn it into a business has just been a phenomenal journey. So, Matt, um, one of the things that surprises people about the happiness index is a lot of tech companies require serious amounts of money to get going. But really, like as Tony started us on the journey, there's just a lot of blood, sweat and tears from a lot of people who believed in this in this vision. And, and, and obviously you ha helped build out that first version. Um, and Matt, as Tony said, the, the vision of the happiness index is freedom to be human. But 
can tech really make companies more human? Are, are, are we? Is this a real thing? Like, t- tell us from a technical perspective. Do you really believe in it? Uh, absolutely, and I agree. I think sometimes technology can scare people, or it can be a barrier. But for me, the first thing that technology enables you to do is reach people. And yeah, I said that we started off with email predominantly because it was easy. But you look now, you people can voice opinion anywhere. You've got social channels you can have a debate with and you can interact with. You've still got traditional stuff, email, you've still got your web. But also the things that are really exciting now is through mobile. So you can start to have conversations with people um, via WhatsApp, if, if that's what they want to do, or even via voice. So one of the things I think that tech helps to do is talk to people in the space they want to be spoken to. Traditionally, it was always on the company's ground, like we will email you an engagement survey or we will, we will give you a feedback forum. You must do it at this point in time. Technology takes that barrier away that it can be there wherever you are. And, and again, at whatever time of the day. And I know that with our em- employee voice, that's the thing that I think is so powerful is that it's simple. You have a voice. But if you've had a bad day, you can just say, you know what, I've had a, I've had a bad day. and just Get it off your chest and then you have a good weekend rather than go home and think, oh, I've had a really bad day and I've got no one to talk to. So that technology helps you um, to engage with people at the time and, and, and where they want people want to have, a, have those conversations. And also the other thing as well is I, I wouldn't be a technologist if I didn't mention AI and machine learning. But that helps start to bring in the classification at scale. If you've got a lot of um, free text or um, verbatim feedback to digest, it can be time consuming. So advances in technology help help classify some of that information for you, help do some of that legwork for you, help do some of that classification for you. And again, it's not to replace people, it's to supplement people, it's to help you. It's to, As I said earlier, it's to have that robotic army. Everyone needs a robotic army, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're you're more um, a happiness army than Terminator 2. Is that what you'd say, Matt? <laughs> well, the Terminators can come and terminate um, unhappy unhappiness, I guess. But yeah. Oh, um, I like that. I like um... that. We definitely <laughs> didn't even pre-plan that. That's gold dust, Matthew. Um, so thanks, Matt. Tony, um, obviously you took that that first those first steps for us at the Happiness Index, and obviously can never underestimate how brave you were for doing that. Um, but the next big sort of leaps were sort of the, as you you just casually dropped in there the amount of countries we're in. Yeah. Um, what have you learned? What have you learned from taking the Happiness Index globally? Because I, I know, and also, so that was a motivator for us, all of us. It couldn't. It, we couldn't just be a UK company. It had to be global. What have you what have you learned from that? I think it's really interesting when you look uh, across different areas of the globe that we get asked this question a lot about what actually is, are there these kind of common truths within happiness? And there absolutely are. There are these, I call them um, kind of eternal truths because they, they're there within each of us. And it doesn't really matter about your language your culture which country you're from there are just these kind of eternal truths that are really important for us as human beings to kind of forget all of the other parts we are all human and fundamentally within us there's something that we we kind of cling to and the sorts of things that we see and what's really interesting is i've seen this in our work in america in south america in india that there are certain things that 
people just cling to. So, as I said, with the US, for example, it's about having that sense of belonging is really important. Um, and being able to be who you are, I think, is something really important. And you can see that happening uh, a lot around not just the US, but globally at the moment around things like the Black Lives Matters, which is putting a real light on equality uh, around the world. And that's something that you see um, that sense of belonging is something that when people have that sense of belonging, regardless of where you are, that's something that's uh, incredibly important to people. And then that allows them to, to grow and develop and, and be the people that they are. And particularly from a work sense of uh, point of view as well. I think that that's really important that companies have that ability to make the people feel as if they belong. Because when you do, there's nothing worse than being in an environment where you feel you've got to be somebody else in order to progress or survive. And so having that ability to be yourself is massively important. And uh, another thing that we've seen, particularly in India as well, is about having a sense of connection. So India is a country that is huge on community and having that connection to the people that you work with, but then also the purpose of what you're trying to achieve is really important. And the ability to feel that sense of connectedness happens across the globe. And again, we've done some work in uh, with our partners in South America and it's a similar thing as well. We're there with particularly with COVID going on right, uh, kind of across the globe, but particularly in South America because they kind of felt it a little later than, uh, than the rest of the world. So we in the UK were a little bit ahead of them. And it was really interesting just seeing this sense of connectedness and this community that was coming from not only our partners, but uh, the, the stories that we were hearing back there. And what we actually saw is by running the, our happiness index, uh, there at that time, what we saw was we started to see that you have this moment within COVID where the scores initially start coming down, but you get this rebound coming back up. And the rebound uh, was predominantly down to about people having this sense of connectedness. It allowed people to kind of recenter and refocus on what's really important to them. And going through lockdowns and being able to connect with people that you haven't maybe connected with for, for a long time because we're all busy in our lives was something that has been really interesting to see that just these eternal truths that just keep coming out around what happiness can be globally. Thanks, Tony. And obviously that sounds so simple. Uh, Matt, um, huge technology challenge for you globally. What, what, what's been your biggest challenge taking us from like a UK tech company to a global tech company? Um, so I wanted to say here, really, Matt, was uh, the biggest tech, global tech challenge is when you say, oh, yeah, we can do this. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I am <laughs> definitely an optimist, Matthew. <laughs> um, so I, there's two things, really. One of them was the Chinese firewall, because, again, that can really throw mm. a spanner in, in the works, with, which you're not expecting, but but work. Oh, Matt, no, Matt I just, I'm sorry to reminisce, but I just got visions of when we were in Shanghai and I had to tether to you to get internet so that we could get out via the, um, via the, 
yeah, probably even shouldn't even be saying how we were getting out. But <laughs> I think you should tell the true story there, Matt, how you went into the Apple store and basically blocked the Apple store's Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely getting trouble. Let's get back to the question, Matt. Um, um, the global challenge? <laughs> I think, I think um, perhaps um, it's reaching people in the hard to reach places. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it's very easy to forget that when you're dealing globally, if you're working with, for example, uh, tea pickers in Sri Lanka and they're up a mountain, they don't have yeah. a PC and they may not have a phone. They may not even yeah. speak very good English. I think it was a uh, mountain Tamil was the language that they spoke. So it's trying to, again, it's what I said earlier. You want to try and um, be able to engage with people where they are in the way that they want to engage. So I think that's, that, 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 that's the biggest challenge. How do you do that? And um, like leveraging the power of speech record pre-recording things um or even even emojis and things like that um and again we learned whilst in kenya that you can use a smiley face but to kenyan people apparently if you uh your smiley face doesn't have teeth um it doesn't mean sincerity so if you're sending emojis to people and and they do have a some kind of kenyan connection make sure you've got some teeth in there or they might not think you're being sincere so I think that's that that that's the hardest part is trying to make sure that you uh, you get your technology right to be able to reach all of those people. Matt, um, in those two examples, well, I suppose three with Shanghai as well. We spent a lot of time getting on the ground, didn't we? Meeting people, understanding it. Um, you spent a lot of time um, in Kenya. I remember you sending back the videos. Um, in COVID, we've been working remotely. We've been, um, I would say, more innovative and more productive than we've ever been. There's been lots of challenges. But are we going to miss that moving forward? Do you think once COVID's out of the way, do we, do we need to keep getting back on the ground in these countries? Or, or do you think we can, the world's moved, we can do stuff more remotely? Oh, for sure. I think, I think that technology's moved, but I don't think technology's got a perfect solution yet. I don't I think that the the bit that you can't get without real interaction is the emotion. Um yeah. or I'm sure if people read into the neuroscience we're doing, there is there's unconnected um energy that you, you bounce off people and it's sometimes the moments where you just look at a colleague and you know what you've got to do without them even yeah. saying anything. So I don't think it means that you need to go completely nuts and not have offices everywhere. But I certainly think that there is still technology will help you, but there's still you still need to have some kind of human interaction to get it right. Yeah. And every time I hear you speak, Matt, even with your impromptu that with the uh, happiness terminators now, it reminds me that although you like to, to see yourself as our head of robots and head of tech, you're still, in my mind, our head of creative because <laughs> the way that your brain works is amazing. Um, Tony, um, just to finish up, um, and, and, and Matt, feel free to jump in on this one as well, because it's quite a, a big question, but what's, um, what's next for the happiness index? So I think Matt made a, a really good point just now about, uh, he mentioned neuroscience. So neuroscience has been something that we've been investing a lot of time in, uh, and it's something that, I think is is going to be really important moving forward. And particularly if we look at what's been happening in the world right now with COVID, it's never been more important for companies to, to be in a position to listen to their employees. And by overlaying an element of neuroscience in there, we can start to get into kind of some of the more uh, human behavioral uh, side of things, which is really important because for companies right now, 
being able to understand how their people are thinking and feeling is really, really important. And as Matt said, by not being in and around um, an office environment, for example, or being able to connect with your colleagues kind of face to face, that's been really hard. And so you don't pick necessarily pick up on everything that you may do just uh, by a look, for example, as Matt said, in the office. So by understanding how people are feeling kind of there in the moment in that emotional state is really important because once you can understand that at an individual level and then we can look at a collective, we can start to understand how people are seeing the world at that point in time. And there naturally be some fluctuations. I was looking at some data uh, last night uh, around um, how happy people have been kind of throughout the course of COVID, just looking at some of our research. And what was really interesting is we see that when COVID comes, we see this big downturn in, in happiness. And then as time goes by, we see people gradually accepting the situation. We start getting a um, number of cases dropping. We see people going back into a bit more of an opening up of uh, lockdowns. And so we see this big boost in like global happiness. And then very recently, we start seeing this decline where the cases start going back up again. There's talks of lockdowns and more restrictions coming. So by understanding this flow of happiness and this flow of emotion, through neuroscience is a really interesting way for companies now to start connecting with their people. Thanks, Tony. Um, yeah, uh, Tony. We, um, we could, sorry, Matt. We, uh, no, jump it, crack on, please, Matt. No, I was going to say, extending some of those and, and from like the robot side, uh, I'm so keen to try and help complement that with some of the, the new advances in AI. Um, but also jokingly, or not jokingly, is... I'd love to know whether or not we could access some of the tech that um, Elon Musk is doing at the moment, which is wiring straight into your brain. And again, answering these questions and looking at the feedback from that. So I think that we're in a really good place. We're starting to look at what actually makes people human. How does that work? And how do we how do we bring that in? So um, for me, the, we might not do that tomorrow, but certainly that very much is the future of where we're going. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many conversations that brings out ethical through to commercial, isn't there? So, gents, I just want to say thanks so much for your time. Um, I've got one last question for you, Matt. Um, I just need one number from you. Um, what position in the league table do you expect Ipswich Town Football Club uh, to finish this season? Well, you've got to be optimistic, haven't you? You've got to say number one. <laughs> number one. Brilliant. Um, Tony, Matt, thanks for being an inspiration. Thanks for sharing the journey with us. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Matt. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Matt. Cheers, yeah, guys. Thanks, Matt. Bye-bye.